Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? This is Ben Biddick, your host of the Get Up Nation podcast and the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. I'm very excited about episode seven. I was joined by Chopped Junior Champion Mason Partak and his mother Kathy. I learned how even though Mason is only 13 years old, he hasn't let adversity stop him from accomplishing amazing things. I'm looking forward to sharing with all of you their insights and experiences into empowering young people. We will also hear about Mason's new movie coming out this spring. I want to wish everyone a safe and happy New Year's Eve. Whether you're gathering around one of Sonny Anderson's Inflatiums or out for a bite with Snack Monster New York, check him out on Instagram. I hope you have a ball. An update is in order about the notice I recently put out to Get Up Nation. I asked Get Up Nation to respond to a call to action I made. Renee Parks, who shared her experiences while battling cancer in episode 3 of the Get Up Nation podcast, was scheduled to complete her chemotherapy treatments, and I wanted to gift her and her husband to help them celebrate. A number of you stepped up. I want to thank Mark Hawley at Atlas Defense for donating a day of his holiday vacation and a date night gift package to Renee and Scott. Mark is the executive instructor at Atlas Defense, which provides personal protection coaching services, creates confidence by developing competence. Learn more about the personal protection and situational awareness services he provides at atlasdefensemn.com. That's atlasdefensemmikeandnora.com. I want to also thank Dan at gopherfolks.com who gave a gift of money. Gopher Folks offers professional errand and delivery services in the Madison, Wisconsin area, saving you time and money. Gopher Folks empowers you to pursue the most important thing in your life and business. Dan empowered me to help Renee and Scott celebrate a powerful milestone during a trying time, and for that I am forever grateful. I also want to thank Shannon Straka and the anonymous members of Get Up Nation that donated their money to help Renee and Scott have a holiday to remember. Renee and Scott, thank you for allowing Get Up Nation to be a part of your journey. Onward to episode 7, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Mason Partak and his mother Kathy. Mason is a chopped junior champion, a title he earned when he was only 11 years old. He appeared on Guy's Grocery Games and the Food Network. Home and Family on the Hallmark Channel multiple times can be seen on a Geico TV commercial called Food Network Chop Junior Helping Hands. Mason is also a regular guest on the Fox 40 Morning News in Sacramento, California. He has his own YouTube channel and is known online as The Social Media Chef. Personally, I'm a fan of the What the Heck Is This Thing For? section of his website at masonpartech.com. There he schools the less culinary gifted with tutorials about kitchen tools and techniques. Mason and Kathy, thank you for taking time to speak with Get Up Nation. Thank you for having us. Hi, Ben. So how did all this begin, Mason? Where did you develop your love for cooking? Well, I really developed my love for cooking uh, when uh, my mom and dad started cooking because it's really 
really just a, a huge family thing that we do together. My mom used to be a baker in a, a professional bakery. My dad is kind of the grill master and uh, the dessert person in our house. And, yeah, that's just how I really uh, developed the love for cooking. It's just, especially we have a very ethnic family. We come from a, uh, a long line of different areas. So uh, we cook a lot of Polish food, German food. And, yeah, we just love to cook all kinds of stuff. Can you tell me about when you began to take your love for cooking and it got to the point where you were you were skilled enough, you were ready to start competing. So you entered some local uh, cooking competitions. Uh, can you tell me about some of those first culinary contests that you entered? Yeah, so the first couple contests that I did um, is when I was eight. Um, and when I was eight, I did uh, the Mandarin Festival, which was a great festival. It's a great festival that we have in Auburn. Super fun. If you're ever here, you should definitely check it out. It's a great time. But, um, yeah, that was the first contest I ever did. It was the Mandarin Festival Cooking Contest. There's a couple There's a couple different places that you can go to. You could be in desserts. You can be in appetizers or entrees. And I decided to do an appetizer. And... Uh, a funny story is this was a really old uh, this was a really old recipe that we used a while back. It was I, when I made it, I called it the rich cracker souffle, and it was not good. But when we tinkered with it, and when we made it a little better, and we changed it up a little bit, it turned into the Mandarin beef slider, and it, it is now a blue ribbon award winning dish and a uh, Mountain Hill orange. Snow Citrus Court, could you get that in the wrong? <laughs> snow, Mount, <laughs> uh, snow Citrus Court, um, Court award-winning dish, and that is actually one of the biggest prizes uh, at, the, uh, at, the comp- at the contest. You started to cook in these competitions, and rapidly uh, you found yourself getting involved with Food Network's Chop Jr. Can you tell me about how you made that transition up to that level? Yeah, so when they called us uh, to tell us that we, uh, they saw our YouTube channel and they want me to try out, um, it hit me, uh, it, it, it just it hit me. I didn't expect that at all. And when it did happen, I'm like, I wanted to be on Chop Junior for as long as I can remember, as long as I started cooking, because that's a really great show, and I love all the aspects of it. Well, so, not Chop Junior. I'm going to interject here, because you were on season one of Chop Junior. So the thing is, we would watch Chopped, and Mason would say, I can do that. And his dad and I were like, I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big step to be able to take basket ingredients that, you know, you likely, there's something in that basket you've never seen before. And then right. to present dish to, to, you know, culinary professionals, that's a big deal. So Absolutely. I wasn't he could do it. But he did love it, and when they called for season one, and I said, you know, what do you think? And he's like, oh, yeah, sign me up. He was all in, as all as were all of the kids that he competed great. with. These were amazing. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time. Uh, the whole audition process was pretty lengthy, but it was super fun, especially when we got there. We did a, a whole bunch of action shots with a whole bunch of different things. That we did, uh, if, if you've ever seen the episode, at the end, we did all kinds of different takes with that kind of stuff. And it was a really fun experience. The technique that a lot of the other kids used kind of made me a little uh, <laughs> made me a little nervous because when I get in the kitchen, I just I just kind of freestyle it. I don't really have a way of doing it, and I just like to get creative in the kitchen as much as possible. The Get Up Nation podcast about people who overcome challenges and adversity, and performing on Chop Junior is designed to create some adversity for young chefs as they 
grapple with the set of given ingredients, the TV cameras, the other competitors, and a clock ticking down. Uh, what was the most challenging part of competing on Chop Jr.? The most challenging part, at least for me, was the dessert round because I'm really not a baker or a pastry chef. I can't even usually bake cookies without a recipe. So when it came to the dessert round, I was pretty nervous because I was going up against someone who actually was supposed to be trying out for Kids Baking Championship, but in a funny twist of events, they actually got called for Chop Jr. instead. Wow. Um, so while she was doing great in the dessert round, I wasn't doing too hot. But in my first and second rounds, I, I made such good dishes in those rounds that by the time the dessert round came around and I didn't do so good in that, it was a it was a two to three kind of thing. So I ended up winning. As you dealt with the challenges of performing under pressure, how impactful was it for you to receive such kind encouragement from legends in the culinary community like Scott Conant and Ted Allen? It was a it was a huge confidence boost. It was so awesome. I, I can't even explain. I can't even explain. They were all so kind and so nice. It was just a great thing for them to say, and it makes me feel more important that they said that because now millions of people will see how how good of a cook I am, and I'm so glad that they uh, said that because it it was just a huge confidence booster. One of the things that was uh, super cool, and I posted at the year anniversary of Mason's winning Chop Junior, uh, kind of a behind the scenes on his website because I was taking notes the whole time he was competing. And it, they were sort of funny. The other moms were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'll never remember all of this. It was such an intense day. I actually asked myself, you know, is it the right thing to do to put a child in that kind of environment, that kind of stress? Because, they're, you know, you're watching it and you're thinking, oh, my God, this is a lot. This is a lot for an adult. And these kids are 11 years old. The other moms were kind of feeling that, too, like, you know, I thought, is he ever going to want to do think? And he's like, oh, my God, I would do it again in a red-hot second, which was mm. very, very cool. But the judges give the kids, in some cases, eight to ten minutes of feedback. And you don't see that on the show. You can't. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of praise. And, you know, you did this right, but they're also honest. You didn't do this so well. This could be better. Keep this in mind next time. So the Food Network has been really, really great I think, in the kids' arena in the culinary world. I love that. Now, in, and Kathy has told me to you faced an even larger challenge, which involved your efforts to improve your elementary school kitchen in third grade. My understanding is that the school building was very old, didn't even have a stove or an oven, and a dishwasher didn't even work. So you set out to change that. Can you tell me about the process you went through, which resulted in more than $26,000 being raised to install a culinary sciences lab at your school so elementary age children could learn to cook? Yeah, that was that was um, probably one of the hardest challenges to overcome, mainly because we didn't have all the support that you need to get something like that started. But even though we didn't have all the support, we uh, stuck to our guns and we uh, powered through it. And then by the time we raised about $10,000 to get there, more people started join our, joining our cause. And one of the main problems with it was that when we first started doing it, a lot of the other uh, parents started saying things like, well, why aren't you raising money for a better uh, band room? Or why aren't you raising money for a better uh, for better sports equipment? Or why aren't you raising money for a better soccer field? And stuff like that. And 
Sure, if you guys want to do that, and you, and that's what you guys are passionate about, and you guys want to make those things better, you guys can totally go ahead and do it. But this is what we're passionate about and what I'm passionate about. And, you know, I want to make sure that kids know how to cook. I want them to have better meals. And we just found out ways that we can make it make the kitchen better, and we found out the uh, best ways to do it. And we fundraised for about uh, one and a half years. 18 months. Yep. Yeah, one and a half years. And at the end, we ended up raising over $26,000. And not only that, but we got a ton of support from the community. And now kids are learning how to cook in a food sciences lab. And uh, it also created a job opportunity for a nutrition, uh, nutrition specialist, the cafeteria. And now kids are getting real healthy food. And not only that, but they're learning how to cook. I love that. Kathy, as a parent, what did you experience in this process of watching Mason take this project on? You know, it, it was really one of those defining moments in, I think, my life and his life because when he first approached me with the idea, you know, he said, hey, I want to show you something. I'm like, okay. We looked at the kitchen. He says, you know, they don't cook in here. And, you know, Mason brings his own lunch. We provide meals, so I don't really think too much about the cafeteria. But when he said, you know, let's raise money for a stove, I said, you know, Mason, it's not a regular, it's not a regular house thing, you know, it's a commercial kitchen, it's very different. And he's like, yeah, well, I, th I think we can do it. And you, you know, you ask yourself as a parent, hopefully, I could have just said no, don't, don't worry your pretty little head, let's go home, right? And I thought, you know what, if we're gonna do it, he's gonna see it through. Um, so I said yes, and that's that's really the key. And when the other parents, I mean, they literally said, you know, well, why can't he be passionate about soccer? We really need a new soccer field. And I said, you know, it's not even about soccer or cooking or a kitchen. It's about empowering our kids from a young age to elicit change. It's about showing them that if they decide to do something and they see it through, all the different ways that they can do it and how to overcome those bumps in the road. So for the first six, eight months of our journey, we started, you know, filling out applications for local grants um, to be the recipient of this fundraising project or that, and it was just Mason and I. Mason would go in front of a group of three people at Alliance Club and say, you know, here's my project, here's what I want to do, please consider me for your grant for the Celebrity Chef Challenge coming up in March. So even though I was the parent behind him, finding these opportunities, he had to go do the work. We had to stand out in the rain and sell tickets to that event. We had to decorate for it, and it really was just he and I. Of course, once it started gaining some momentum and seeing some success, people started to get behind it a little bit more, and the school did end up helping. So, you know, again, the message wasn't really about the kitchen. It was about showing a young person how to make a change in their community and to make it better. And I think Mason's learned that. And he's also seen, you know, when people don't get behind you, you just keep wearing that smile, you keep moving forward, and eventually, you know, you don't hold a grudge when everybody gets to reap the rewards of your hard work. Mason, as a young man, you have already developed a resume that most adults have not achieved. My guess is that if people are not aware of your resume and your skills, they may dismiss you because of your age. How have you managed to orient adult professionals to your ability when they haven't initially understood how talented you are? Well, that happens a lot, especially with even just kids that have a lot of ideas. A lot of times what will happen is kids will have these great ideas either to make money or to do some uh, or to do something that 
to fundraise for something, and they will just and then the kids uh, will just get dismissed because uh, either oh you're too young for that oh you don't have the money to do that oh you don't have the supplies to get you to that goal that you have. But with me to get uh, to get through that, usually I uh, especially when I first started, I just pulled out pulled out my charm, you know, just uh, tried to give them the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> tried to think uh, on on why they should let me uh, do this or let me help or give them uh, re- a reason to do it. And especially now when people don't know what I've done, uh, what I'll do is I'll. Uh, whip out my phone, show them some stuff that I can do, and then they'll uh, immediately change their mind because they'll see, oh, my God, this kid is super cool, and I totally want him to back my project or whatever I'm doing that he wants to help with because, first of all, it's showing that whoever or whoever I'm working with, I care about the children in our community, and also that I'm uh, helping empower kids, and, it, and uh, people will get behind that a lot because not only is it helping us feel that we can, feel that we can help adults, but it's also helping whatever they're working on. So, Mason, if there's a young person listening to this and they know they have a lot to offer but they're not getting noticed because of their age, What's your direct message to them? My direct message to them is keep trying because, you know, if you can annoy that one parent enough, they will finally give in. And <laughs> not, not, just, just kidding, but you know, but seriously, keep trying. You know, don't stop. If you if you get if you get knocked down eight times, nine times, you have to get up that tenth time because, for all you know, that tenth time could be the one that help that helps you the most. Be the one that will get you to where you want to go. So no matter what, don't stop because that, and it sounds really cliche, but, but you have to really make sure that you get back up when you get knocked down because that's probably the most important part when it comes to being a leader and becoming someone that can uh, help in the community. I would add to that, you know, to find mentors. Um, Mason has spent the summer developing an entrepreneur's club for his middle school and that has come with challenges. You know, all of the ideas that he brought to the table have come with, no, there's child labor, labor laws, or no, there's insurance issues, or no, you can't, you know, put the money in the club to give the kids to buy their startup stuff. Like these no, no, no's. So we've taken the program and continued to develop it to use in a different capacity. But with that, not every parent is as plugged in. They're not like-minded to say yes to their kids. So find that other champion for yourself. Find um, your friend's mom or dad who you look up to, who you can say, hey, I have this idea. Because sometimes it may not be your parent who gets on board to empower you. It might be another parent or a school counselor or a coach that can make that difference. But ask. Because I find with the kids that are doing great things in our community, they rarely get told no when they want to try something new. I love it. What's next for you, Mason? I heard you may have just finished filming a movie. When we hear about your name next, what's what's coming down the pipeline? So I did just finish filming a movie. That was a super fun experience. I'm hoping that I get into uh, more and more acting jobs because that's something I'm really passionate about. I love acting. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite things to do. And uh, yeah, that was that was a great experience. It was super fun. It's it's called Apparition. It's coming out in springtime of 2018. Hopefully, it'll be coming out in theaters. It's a great movie. You should definitely check it out. But um, for for what's next, we have a show that may be uh, that I may be going into. I don't think 
we can disclose the name just yet, but I'm hoping that I get into it because that will kind of winding down my kid cook career before I get into uh, kind of the teen stuff. So I want to make sure that I make the most of it before I turn 15. That's exciting. Very happy for you. And we look forward to, to hearing and seeing the amazing things that you're about to do. Really appreciate you taking time for Get Up Nation to share what you've been up to and to share your experiences. Kathy, you have clearly raised an amazing young man. Any words or insights for parents who are trying to help their children identify and pursue their passion? You know, Ben, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. Um, Mason's dad and I are quite proud of him. But I have to say, you know, our kids are who they are. They have a character imprint. And, you you know, to some degree, I think it's more about really tuning in and seeing who they are and helping them foster what it is they love or think they want more so than we really get credit for him being who he is. I would like to think if he was really a rotten kid, you weren't like, Kathy, man, you're screwing this up. <laughs> I kind of chuckle about that. But I would just say, you know, listen to them. Really listen. I mean, there are times I get busy and frustrated and Mason will ask me something and I say no before I even really think about what he asked me. And I have to go back and say, hey, you know, I shouldn't have answered so quickly. Tell me again what you want to do. And then decide, make a, a real decision about what he wants to do. And then I say empower them. Say yes. Let them use a knife. You know, show them how to properly do it and then explain the responsibility that comes with that. I guess that's just what I would say is that our, our little people, our young people are very able, and many of them are wise. And I think if you set the bar high, you know, I know you can do this. I'm really proud of you. You can. I think they'll rise to meet you. Thank you both so much for your time. How can listeners of the Get Up Nation podcast learn more about Mason and his cooking? Well, first of all, uh, definitely make sure to check out my Instagram, Twitter, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. For Facebook, it's Mason Made It. For Instagram, it's Ma for Instagram and Twitter, it's Mason Partak. And then check out my website online. It's called MasonPartak.com. And make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, which is just Mason Partak. Thank you, Kathy and Mason Partak, for taking time out to be interviewed on the Get Up Nation podcast. With so much current contention between the generations, it's powerful to see this family serve as an example for how a parent's love and guidance can empower their young into laying hold of their passions, pushing the boundaries of what others believe is possible or essential, and without animosity investing oneself into the arena. They are truly living a life of achievement, contribution, and positive impact. Like so many productive and powerful people, it took standing in the rain, selling a few measly tickets, and speaking at Lions Club meetings with three attendees to start a movement to create something great. Let us not despise those moments. Let's enjoy those moments. It takes time for concrete foundations to set. Get up, nation. Take Mason's advice and don't stop when you get knocked down. Keep getting up, fail forward, and keep at it. It's not a loss if you learn from it. It ain't over yet. Some wounds are just body blows that come from our low or misplaced expectations. The fact is, if it burns within you, you're onto something. I usually end the show with six quickfire questions, but on the final episode of 2017, I'm going to take the liberty of answering these quickfire questions myself as the host of the Get Up Nation podcast. Who am I thankful for today? I'm thankful for Kathy and Mason Partak and all parents who are so invested in the lives they've created that they consider saying yes beyond their own comfort and convenience that listen to the voices that were born from within them, that identify the fire of their passion and fan it into flame. I'm thankful for parents that instill in their young a sense of immense value, 
that will translate to them becoming adults who see people as sources of infinite potential, partnership, and greatness. I'm also thankful for you, GetUp Nation, who recognize with your brilliant resilience that the hardship you're facing, that the pain that's come your way, may just be a process of shedding an old skin and the beginning of a new epic reality that couldn't be contained by your old one. What am I thankful for today? I'm thankful for the authenticity and humility that is born in fires of pain and adversity. It's the fire that connects us as we grow internally. Pain levels our egos and brings us back to our core. There's no energy left to create facades or disguises. It offers a pure perspective and power that connects. It scoffs at the need to be the most beautiful, the most intelligent, the most wealthy, the most charismatic, the most networked, the most, the most, the most. It forces us to forsake wasting energy on unnecessary pursuits like comparing ourselves to others. It replaces those self-destructive processes with the ability to recognize the gift and miracle of each moment. It focuses our lens on the infinite value of people and generates gratitude for the this fleeting amount of time we inhabit. It frees us to reject our own suffocation and obliterates any need for excuses. It creates gratitude for little stunning things, like the muffled sound inside a snowstorm, the coastal breeze that carries the smell of the sea, moments of being pain-free, well-rested, having enough to pay your bills, and the joy to pay another's who's struggling in order to give hope. This is where the most beautiful things happen. This is where the most insightful uses of intelligence occur. This is where real wealth exists in those moments. This is where the most engaging conversations spark to create networks of positivity, cohesion, and production. How do I fuel the fire within? By encountering resilient people who don't quit when it gets hard, who press on, who dial in and dive deep when the walls start closing in. To be surrounded by these type of people who when everyone else tells you in your moments of pain, anything you need, man, let me know, and then they're gone when you reach for them. I love those who are there, who show up, who see it coming, who tell you the cold, hard truth and then embrace you after leveling what needs to be leveled. I love these solid few and those who are learning to be them, to hear their stories, to hear their accomplishments, to give to them during their pain processes, to orient them to the reality that they are not alone. This fuels my fire. To transform moments when someone is considering ending it all into a new reality where they are in awe of all. This fuels my fire. What am I doing today that I never thought I could? I never thought I would live this long. Today I'm creating art, businesses, and enterprises that demonstrate in a practical way everything I've spoken about here. What will I do tomorrow that I never thought I could? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Get Up Nation, here's to the end of 2017 the dawn of 2018, and the onward march of time. Join Get Up Nation. Let's make our moments count.